0: Igadala to Curry, back to Igadala. Up oh, for the left. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron.
1: Good evening, everyone listening. Again, we are back with the Free Agents Podcast, Episode 7. We have made it seven weeks here for you guys. Hopefully, you are still listening and still with us. We need all the support we can get because we are trying to be not free agents anymore. But um, today is a very, very special day, and I'll break down why in just a second. But first, of course, how we always start, I have to ask my co host how their weeks have gone Khalil I'll start with you
2: oh yes uh, thank you my brother for asking um, my my um, my my day has been good my week has been pretty good as well yesterday was pretty busy for me you know I had some schoolwork I had to knock out the way but I'm off for a week now so I am chilling I am about to have a good time these next these next upcoming days um so yeah that's me what about you Sam
0: uh that's cool you got a week off of classes and stuff um well as you guys have been starting classes um my week has been just me prepping classes really because um, my my uh professors have been posting the syllabuses and stuff for the new classes so um i've been checking that out also i'm waiting for 2k to drop in a couple hours that's Yeah, I'm sure Tex is going to get into that.
1: Yes, sir. That is exactly what exciting news we have for you. So we are recording this on Friday. You will probably hear it on Saturday because tonight is the debut of 2K21. Me and Sam have religiously been looking at the clock to see when it's going to drop. And now to be real with you, 2K21 or 2K in general, the franchise has been trash since pretty much 2K16 but they have no competition. NBA Live is just, I mean, nobody really plays NBA Live anymore. Um, But in terms of 2K, it's really just a monopoly, honestly. And everybody just buys 2K, even if it's trash, because it's the only basketball game that you can really play. And so me and Sam are very, very excited for 2K21. If you know me, I play 2K like religiously. I play it for money. I play it like Perfect, like against pro people sometimes. So, I just take 2K very very serious. So, it's a very special day for me. Uh Sam, what are, what are your thoughts so far on uh on 2K and what what do you think we're going to have to look forward to this year?
0: Um well, personally, I'm looking forward to my team because um they said how the my team progression that you do will transfer over to the next gen 2K. So, I'm definitely going to put in my hours on my team this year um i i'm a little discouraged at the fact that your my player doesn't transfer over so it kind of doesn't like it, it's not going to give me the same feeling to want to grind on my my player like i usually do but um it, it's, it's still gonna be a grind nonetheless you know it's still gonna be a grind
1: it definitely is and in terms of my player my player um it looks like in terms of the bill they added a new pie chart at the very bottom that they've been talking about um, I know Sam is talking about making a six-seven, a six-seven what? Like a like a like a six-seven playmaker lockdown something.
0: Yeah, I, I want to make a I want to make a six-seven um point guard, like a six-seven lockdown point guard.
1: Kind of like a yeah, like a Ben. You said like Ben Simmons, yeah, yeah, like
0: yeah. A, like, a, like a Ben Simmons type of archetype.
1: Yeah, when I played basketball, I shot the ball. So I try to make my, my player as realistic as possible, like the, how I play, so I try to make shooters. Um, but the shooting in 2K21 with the new meter, it's very interesting. Um, I don't know how people are going to be able to shoot. They want people to shoot with the analog stick, so there's a skill gap, and I feel like there's a very different feeling shooting with the analog stick than with shooting with the square button. Yeah. It's going to be...
0: They, they yeah, they open up the um, they're opening up the like a green light window if you use the analog stick. So last year um, it was easier to get a green light. I think it was like a 7-millisecond window mm-hmm. if you from last year in 2K20. Now this year is a 5-second um, window as opposed to 7-second. But if you use the analog stick, I think you get like a 6.5-millisecond. So if you use the analog stick, you can green light like last year if you're good with it. But if not,
2: like, we're not really going to be greenlighting like that. But just, yeah, that's and true. Just so the fans yeah, I know. know, I do play 2K as well, but just not much as these fellas. I'm not going to download it tonight, but I will download it soon. I am looking forward to the different archetypes of the players and the different builds, and um, I'm probably going to make a a, a, um, a two-way sharpshooter to start off because I, I never really had a sharpshooter my player before, so I'm going to try to do that. Also... um. We'll get into some more after we talk about the two the K. There's some albums dropping tonight, so we could talk about that in a little bit as well. But keep going, keep going.
1: <laughs> no, nah, I was just gonna I was gonna finish it off with yeah, uh two way sharpshooter. Like I said my builds and people who are listening to this are probably like, What the heck are they talking about? <laughs> but like if you're a college student or if you play video games, you know exactly what we're talking about. Y'all know that two K releasing is one of the biggest nights on uh on the planet pretty much especially with nothing going on right now you have nothing to do but online classes so playing 2k and grinding your my player is going to be way easier um if you balance your time out correctly and i feel like you know with me and sam and khalil we do a podcast we do school so we already have a lot on our plate that we balance out so i think adding a little bit of a video game to ease some stress won't be um dire uh any more thoughts on 2k sam
0: pretty much it i'm just uh just waiting for this
1: to drop yeah that pretty much covers it we will be playing tonight if you do want to play with us i play on ps4 and sam plays on xbox one xbox one right yes sir yeah xbox one so we have a rivalry ourselves but anyway now and we want to keep it like a sports podcast but we do have some things that we have to talk about and albums that are dropping tonight as well as 2k have to be talked about and i feel like some of the music that's coming out tonight i feel like if you're hip-hop or rap album fans or if you have favorite artists these are some of the people's big time favorite artists so uh khalil give us a little bit of information on who's dropping tonight that you are looking forward to listening to
2: okay so we have um we got um Detroit two album dropping from Big Sean. He's he's dropping that um tonight. I'm looking forward to him because he doesn't drop music too often, but when he drops it, it's always some heat. You got um Lil Dirk. You got Lil Durk um dropping um No Auto Dirk, I believe it's gonna be called. I'll I'll check on that. And then you have um you have Youngboy dropping his album coming out tonight. Top, I think top two. So um those are just a few. I'm a big Dirk fan. Uh so I, I'm interested in to, to see what Dirk has coming out. He just dropped uh something a little earlier in the year. But um I, I like that project. So let's see if he tops that. But what's what do you guys think about the albums coming out?
0: Yeah, um on, on the Dirk album, I, the last one he just dropped, just called Y'all Waited too. I I really like that album, especially with the deluxe. Mm-hmm. Like it, it went harder on the deluxe too. Like so I'm 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 extremely looking forward to this Dirk album and and Dirk has always said like he ha- he has like dual projects with other artists like he already says like him and A Boogie already have a tape done like him already him and a uh, Young Thug already have a tape done so I'm just I'm just a lot of these artists be <laughs> capping man like they always say like they they have a they have a duo project already done with another then drop it yep. you know what I mean we're like, still
1: waiting on the J Cole Kendrick collab album that was supposedly in the works that, that's yeah that's, nah, that's
0: never gonna happen that that yeah. that <laughs> album is in the matrix already like it's in a different galaxy it's in a it's in a different yeah it's just floating in
1: space we, we don't know what's <laughs> happening with it but um in terms of the music that actually is coming out tonight i am excited to see what big sean has to say because a lot of things have happened um in his life that he can talk about on this album obviously rest in peace to naya rivera who I watched a lot because I used to watch Glee. Yeah, I know. People are going to laugh. Yes, I did watch Glee. Glee was live. I don't care what nobody say. Um, Naya Rivera was a main character on that show. I respect it. And she was a big actor uh, that I, like, watched growing up. So um, when she passed away, her and Big Sean used to date. And then I know everybody knows the song Uh, I Don't Fuck With You. But, yeah. Um, that song apparently was about Naya Rivera, so maybe he'll make something that can, you know, say, like, rest in peace, or, like, he he didn't, you know, mean to be mean while she was on this earth or something. And then and then looking at some of the features on, like, I think, like, the 19th song, people on Twitter were making jokes that he got, like, the Avengers, because he got, like, he got like 10 people with a feature on the song. It's a cypher. I think it's called Friday Night Cypher. It's, like, Eminem. Well, it's, like, Eminem, 42, Doug. Like, there's, like like 10 people on it and then big sean so they said he got the avengers
0: yeah that's that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Avengers
1: <laughs> i mean anytime he got eminem on his he had eminem on the album before the last one so i'm pretty sure he he's very close to eminem and obviously the detroit roots between them uh yeah. come together and then i'm looking forward to young boy as well he had one of the best albums last year if not the best but i'll say one of the best because of course we got to give credit to artists who drop some great music so we will see whose uh whose album is going to be the best tonight. Who do you guys think is gonna have the best album out of everybody dropping tonight? Real quickly. Oh, that's tough. Um, great question right there. Great question right that's there. That's a
2: great question because <laughs> Big, Sh- you can't sleep on Big Sean. Um, but I, I like Dirk. I can't be too biased though. Um, I, I think that I think that I, I'm gonna give it to I'm gonna give it to Big Sean actually. I think I'm gonna give it to Big Sean.
1: All right, Sam, um, what you got?
0: Yeah, I'll probably give it to Big Sean, too. If anything, is it going to be like a tie between Big Sean and Dirk? Just because I'm a little biased. Like, I'm more of a Dirk fan than I am a Youngboy fan. So if anything, I'm probably going to like the Dirk project more than the Youngboy project. But yeah, I'll probably give it to Big Sean.
1: Yeah, I said, um, I feel like I was saying this before the podcast. I feel like NBA Youngboy's best album was probably last year. And I feel like he's going to top it. I feel like this this album, he has to go above and beyond because he said he was taking a break from music and he didn't even really take a break because he dropped 38 Baby 2. So he dropped an album when he said he was taking a break. I didn't understand it. And he also dropped the one with um Lil Top on it and, and songs like that. So he's been dropping music, but he said he was taking a break. So I feel like this one right here, he put a lot of time into and especially with the scrutiny that he's getting from the cover looking just like the Roddy Rich one. Um, I feel like he, this album has to be pretty tough, so we'll see what happens. And I feel like lyrically, Big Sean will definitely have the best album. I I don't think Dirk or, uh, young boy can touch Big Sean lyrically. I feel like Big Sean's definitely a top 10, like in terms of strictly lyrics and bars and wittiness, I feel like he's definitely up there, um, with some of the greats that are rapping today. But, uh, anyway, let's do what we do here on the free agents podcast. We talk about sports and last week we kinda were in a rush because we had to do things after, but now we are here to officially break down um our fantasy football teams because we did draft as my phone falls on the floor. Uh we did draft a our, our teams last week and we all feel like we have a chance to win a chip. Sam said his or Sam's team was projected first, mine is third, and Khalil's is sixth or fi- sixth or fifth, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Projections. Six right now now but... obviously projections are totally different from what can actually happen and people getting injured but uh Khalil go ahead I'll let you go first uh go go ahead and tell me what do you think is going to happen with your team this year and uh what are some expectations for you
2: okay so I went receiver heavy in my draft I went receiver heavy to begin so with me going receiver heavy I did I am going to be touchdown dependent and um and um, re- reception dependent on my two receivers to, 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 to um, help my team, carry my team because I feel like my running backs could be a little bit stronger, but um, I do have a, a good quarterback in Carson Wentz, but that we did. But then I just heard the news. My team has taken a couple of hits lately. Um, I heard the news about Jalen Rieger going out. That's one of his weapons. Um, so that, that can affect uh, who he throws to and his stats and then I had the news of Fournette going to the Bucks, which can be good or bad. But it could it could be it, the fact that he's going to get a lot less touches. It could hurt my uh, that's my RB two. It could hurt my my uh, running back, my my power in the backfield. Um, but I am confident in my receivers. I have Ty, who is injury prone, but if he if he's healthy, he's one of the best receivers. Um, and I, I have AJ Brown and Devontae Parker on my bench, so I, I do like my receivers a lot. Um, yeah, that's that's what I got for you so far. What about what about you guys?
1: Uh, okay, so for me, um, like I said, I I love my running backs. I think my running backs can carry my team, um, even without. And I have Dak as my quarterback, and Dak finished second in fantasy points of last year. Uh, only behind Lamar so I feel like if Dak can even put up a top three or four uh, quarterback performance this season in fantasy um, I feel like they will I feel like my team is going to be even better than what is projected I do think I'm going to win the whole thing obviously you're supposed to believe that but like really looking at my team if if everybody does what they're supposed to do not even more than what they're supposed to do uh, I think my team is pretty solid I have Zeke And I have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and that obviously Hilaire's a rookie. Uh, We don't know what he's going to do, but he's going to be in a higher-powered offense. Mahomes is going to get pressured a lot, so they're going to have to try to dump it off to the running back, and hopefully Hilaire can do something with that. And obviously watching him at LSU, he's undersized, really, but he can catch the ball. And I feel like if Mahomes throws it to him in a spot and he can take off on on some screen passes, I feel like he's going to be really, really good. Um, also in my running back core, I have David Johnson and James Conner. Now, obviously you're going to look and be like, well, both of them are very much injury prone and both of them, um, are like, they're like unknown factors. We don't know what they're going to do, but if James Conner and, um, David Johnson do what they're supposed to do, at least at a minimum, and they're both starters and they both play in pretty, I mean, the Steelers pass the ball a lot because of Ben, but the Texans are going to have to run the ball um, a little bit more, especially without Hopkins. So I feel like David Johnson should have a comeback season, even though he's been hurt the last couple years. And then James Conner coming back. I just feel like since 2000 in 2018, when he put up those big numbers, I feel like he can do it again if he stays healthy. And one thing to look out for is he I'm pretty sure he's a cancer survivor. Um, so he might have the higher risk of getting corona So he might have to opt out at some point, but hopefully Uh, let's just pray and hope he stays safe. And then with my running backs. I also have chris carson Obviously the seahawks are run heavy He's gonna get about 15 to 20 touches per game and then ppr that comes in so much So I feel like chris carson is good then receivers. I have mike evans and more and hopefully Moore can get a 1,000 yards this season with Bridgewater. Matt Rule as the quarterback. I know that's Sam's favorite team, and he has McCaffrey sitting over there. So we'll see, and hopefully DJ Moore can do what he's supposed to do. And then Mike Evans. I feel like Tom Brady, and we were arguing about this last week, Tom Brady is still a top-five quarterback. I don't care what anybody says. He had no one to throw to last year, and he still got the Patriots to the playoffs, and he still got them in there as one of the best teams, and he only lost to a Derrick Henry. So and that's who Derrick Henry beat pretty much two te- he beat two teams in the playoffs last year, pretty much by himself. So I'm not mad at the Patriots for losing to them. And then I have Noah Fant as my tight end. And we'll see what he does with Drew Locke and Jerry Judy. But uh, I'll, I'll let Sam take it away. I like my bench, too, by the way. I, I got some pretty good pe- pieces on the bench, like Mike Williams and John Brown from Buffalo. And I also have Hollywood Brown. Who's paired up with lamar jackson i feel like they're gonna have a great connection this season um because mark ingram is a year older they brought in dobbins and obviously mark andrews is there so i still feel like hollywood brown uh can have a spectacular season with lamar jackson if lamar jackson is one of those top three or four um fantasy quarterbacks chosen so uh, go ahead, Sam. Give me a breakdown of of what you think your team is expected to do. Well, I'm um, winning the chip, by the way. I just wanted to let you know. that.
0: that. That's fine. That's that's fair to say. Um, <laughs> uh, your team actually did move up from from uh, third projected to second, um, in the last week. I don't know if you know that, but um, so now you're projected second instead of third. But um, okay. Khalil, I really like your team, I really do. But given the fact that you have um, what is that like? Five players on your team already—that's questionable. <laughs> um, and then you have Fournette, which is an RB two. Who's—I mean, he's on—he's um, on Tampa Bay now. Who's Bruce Arians said that uh, Ronald Jones the second is starting, so he's gonna have to um, fight for his touches. Um, and then seeing your bench, it's like there's not really anybody in your bench that can can really boom, other than uh, maybe. A.J. Green, A.J. Brown AJ should Brown, be your Devontae flex. Super. T.Y. as a bench, okay, he could boom. Devontae could not possibly boom, but then that's pretty much it. Maybe J.T. Uh, Will Fuller, nobody's scared of Will Fuller. Uh, Jordan Howard, maybe J.K. If uh, if if Mark Ingram goes down, you know. Oh, Tex, you too. Like I, I'm, you know, your team is cool and all, but as you said, like if your team is like if your team does what they're supposed to do then like your team is going to be nice but david johnson hasn't done what he's supposed to do the last seasons um I, james connor is like i'm not i'm not really that worried of james connor the only person on your bench that i'm really that worried about is marquise brown and like john brown the reason why i'm not really scared of D- john brown is because now they have stefan diggs like of course he's going to open up they're going to double stefan Diggs. so it's going to open up john brown over the top but he had a very good season last season, but he's projected to take a dip. And then Mike Williams is not playing for the first four weeks, minimum. So that's why, that's why like, my, my team, I just feel like my team is just starting-wise starting, starting wise and bench-wise, like, like, the thing I can say over you two is that I'm confident starting my bench as my starters, and I don't have a problem. You guys are going to be like, okay, well, you know, this can probably happen. This can probably happen. Like I'm just I'm confident either way you know I feel like my team is deep enough to take me to the finals and that's that's exactly what it will do.
1: I, I I'm gonna say I disagree. Uh, I'm I'm confident in my bench. I'm confident that they're gonna have a good season. I feel like even though David Johnson, like you said, has been not as good, it's mostly because of injuries, and they traded DeAndre Hopkins to get this man. So if you don't come in and produce, not only does the Texans uh front office look terrible, which it already does because that was a dumb trade, but not only does the front office look bad, but himself, he's going to be out of a job. No no one's going to take David Johnson if he doesn't have at least an a okay season. And I feel like I can throw him in at any week um, and not have to really worry about it if it's a favorable matchup. And same thing with James Conner. I feel like the Steelers don't really have a star receiver. Obviously, Deontay Johnson is pretty good, and Juju Smith-Schuster is pretty good, but I don't think Juju Smith is a star receiver, so they're going to have to hand the ball. And Ben Roethlisberger is 38 years old, right? He's he's 38 or 30, 37. He's in that— Yeah, yeah he's, he's getting up
2: there. Yeah, around there. Yeah, he's
1: up there in age, so he's not going to be throwing the ball— as much and he's coming off of an injury so they're gonna have to run the ball and i feel like if they get anywhere near the goal line james connor has doesn't have to share touches with anyone so i feel like he's he's a confident player but i i have zeke hilaire and uh chris carson so i'm not really worried about having to play them but if i do then i'm, I'm confident in them i am confident i don't think that Christian McCaffrey is going to do as well as he did last year, but I still think he's going to produce as much. I still think he's going to produce like a number 1 running back in the league. You can't, uh, you, can't we'll see. you
0: can't you can't expect someone to have 470 fantasy points again. You can't expect someone to yeah. go out there and, and score 15 touchdowns, you know. So, obviously, but he's expe- he, he's projected 300. So, he's still projected the like number 1 in fantasy. I mean, he, like my, my running backs, like, I have, like, my one or two running backs is going to be my one or two running backs for the entire, like, Aaron Jones and Christian McCaffrey are going to produce so much, and it's going to be, like, that's, that's, they're probably just going to be the RB1 and RB2, like, for the entire season. That's how they ended, they it was RB, RB1 RB and RB2, that's how it ended last season, it was Aaron Isn't Jones and Christian, Aaron Jones. Christian McCaffrey. Zeke is, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and argue Aaron Jones is better but when it comes down to it, Aaron Jones can score more points, score more fit like he did last season. He can do it, so I, that's why my RBs like I have I have zero problems with RB. The only the only iffy problem I have is my flex, and right now I'm, I have Robert Woods as my flex, who's a top fifteen receiver. So and that's that's the reason why it's iffy because he's top fifteen, and then I still have uh, Calvin Ridley, who's top twenty, Tyler Boyd, who's top twenty. And Michael Gallup, who's top 20, they're all projected 1,000 yards. They're all projected over five touchdowns catching this season. Um, so there's no there's no reason why my team doesn't take me to the finals, like, at all.
2: Okay, we're going to see. I, and just to know, I do have Joe Mixon on my team, who just signed a big deal. Um, he's the mo- he's the one, con- one running back that I am confident of. I think he's going to have a big year in PPR, so – we're going to see how that goes.
1: We'll see. Khalil's team is definitely under a lot of pressure right now with a bunch of movement. But you never know. If everything settles before the season starts next week, then his team is set. And we will see. We'll keep y'all updated on who's going through. Uh, let's hit this really quickly. Fournette goes to the Bucks. How do you think that that is going to affect that division um, in terms of, and even though he's been named the running back too, I still think at some point he'll probably be the starter. Yeah, he's he's probably know. gonna
0: yeah. um, he's probably gonna outwork Ronald. He's a better running back than Ronald Jones. The only reason why Ronald Jones is starting over Fournette is because Fournette was such a late signing, and they already have their game plan set with Ronald Jones. Um, so I th- I do think maybe by week three, four, Fournette will probably uh be. Out carrying ronald jones um but it does it does help the bucks a lot it gives them depth uh with running the ball which they like we, we know bruce Arians likes to run the ball we know he likes to run the ball a lot so um they're in a problem there and they can also run the ball a lot while still giving brady 37 38 uh passing attempts a game uh as, lo- as long as their defense is staying off the field um so it does it does sh- I wouldn't say it shakes the division up, but it makes the Bucks just that much more of contenders because they have um, – they just have on their offense, they just have so much depth on receivers, on tight ends, because they still have Gronk and O.J. Howard receivers. They have Mike Evans. They have um, – I'm surprised they got rid of Brashad Perriman last season. I thought they were going to keep him, but they still have Chris Godwin. And then um, so with Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, you have two starting running backs – uh, they just have depth on depth on that offense.
2: Yeah, so I I do like the signing of. I think it's gonna help them a lot. Um, obviously. Fournette's gonna have to work his way up the depth chart as as weeks go by, but I think he'll he'll have no problem doing that. As he, as Sam said, by week three or four, he should be getting the most of the carries. An interesting thing to note is that when he when he was in the at the Jaguars, they threw a box at him about forty seven percent of the time. Defense threw a box. They only did they only threw a box at Tampa Bay twenty one percent of the time last year. Since they were like th- throwing he- throw heavy, and since they're gonna be throw heavy again this year. Whenever Fournette does run the ball, he doesn't have to worry about a box being thrown at him all the time, and he's going to have more room to run. And he did still run for a thousand one hundred yards last year with the box thrown at him. So I feel like his numbers can still, still be pretty good this year.
1: That's a very good point. That's that's actually a really really good point. He could, um, if there's no like box stacked on him, then he he should be able to break out and have a really really good year. Especially with Tom Brady, because everybody fears him. The thing is, will they have him as a third down or goal line back because he is mm-hmm. bigger than Ronald Jones? Yeah. Or is he gonna actually, like Sam said, out snap uh, Ronald Jones as the season progresses? I think
2: I think definitely at first, like even beginning of the season, if he's not getting all of the snaps, if he's the RB two, they definitely will use him as a goal line back because even though he only had three touchdowns last year. The, the, his first two years in the league, he was known as a guy that was that had production at the goal line, so I feel like he he'll get back to that this year.
1: And Bruce Arians did come out on record and say, uh, "Ronald Jones is still their guy." In quotes, um, so we will see who the running back is as the season progresses. I feel like it helps the Bucks a ton because you have a you have two solidified people, and you also got LaShawn McCoy back there um, just in case. So. We'll see what happens. Um, This is Khalil's question of the week, which is a very good question or uh, something we have to talk about. Cam Newton officially named the starter today. Um, And the question is, is he under the most pressure to perform this year? For me, I'm going to say he's not. I I honestly don't think Cam Newton is under a lot of pressure. I, I really think he has nothing to lose. He should go out and play freely. He already was out of a job pretty much. The Panthers pretty much just shipped him away or got rid of him for nothing pretty much even with and I think him and McCaffrey could have been a dangerous duo if you if you used them right but um I think Cam Newton I think I don't think he's under pressure I think he he goes out he plays freely and I already told everybody if you've been listening I don't even think the I don't think the Panthers are I mean the Panthers I don't think the Patriots are going to be very good anyway so I feel like he just needs to go perform and just try to make himself look at least like a starter or at least he can fight for a job because there's quarterbacks coming out next year um like Lawrence who like uh Trevor Lawrence who are trying to take starting spots and the quarterback position is already scarce in the NFL it's very very hard to make it after a third time getting cut as a quarterback so I don't know if he's under pressure to perform I feel like he needs to perform freely uh Sam what you what you think
0: Yeah I'm going to disagree with you I think um Cam Newton is under a lot of pressure. Um, as you said, quarterbacks don't really get a third chance. So if he doesn't perform this year, then he probably won't get a third chance. Um, if Cam Newton doesn't perform in a Patriots jersey, this might be the last time you see Cam Newton in the NFL. Um, it sucks to say, but like, and I'm, 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 I'm I, I would admit I'm a Cam Newton fan more than anybody. You know what I mean? So, like, He is under I wouldn't say he's under the most pressure of any quarterback. I'd say that's probably Mahomes, given the fact that he signed such a big contract and he is the reigning uh the reigning champ. Um, I think Mahomes is probably under the most pressure, but Cam Newton is also under uh in an immense amount of pressure. Um, if he doesn't perform then his his career in the NFL is in jeopardy.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm going to have to agree with Sam on here. Uh definitely he's under a lot of pressure, I think, because of the fact that he he did have some injuries that he has to come back from. He's being he's in he's in a program like the Patriots who they always expect a lot. Like like you see how much they expected out of Tom Brady and you see what he'd done there. So the pressure to perform in in a Patriots uniform is definitely a lot. He's um he's had success with the Panthers' But he hasn't had success in about two or three years, so this is like his like like Sam said, this is like his third team, his third. I mean, his third chance. And like, if he doesn't perform well this time, then I don't know, his career might be on a downfall. He might be either a backup or out of the league soon. So he has to perform really well this season, I believe.
1: I just feel like he's. I feel like he shouldn't have pressure because he's set up for failure. The Patriots. Don't have anyone really to throw to. I guess if you want to consider Edelman a, an elite target to throw to, fine. But other than that, yeah, they just got on they the just kill, got
0: rid of Mohamed Sanu too, right?
1: That yeah. So like I feel like he he's set up for failure. I feel like he doesn't have no one to really throw to. He doesn't like he doesn't have elite. He doesn't have a top twenty or a top fifteen player um at any of his skill positions. So wide receivers, running backs um I don't think he has a top 15 player in, in in any of those positions so even with that he's not really working with much the pa- the Patriots defense already lost like six or seven players to opting out so the defense is gonna take a little bit of a hit I'm sure there'll still be so- a solid defense because you still got Gilmore back there and you still got some pieces but I don't think he I feel like there's really not like even if he go if he goes let's say they win nine games and makes make the playoffs I feel like that I feel like that's a good season. I feel like he didn't he didn't have any pressure on him if he does that. But if he were to win like 5 or 6 games and I'm not, I wouldn't blame him. I can't blame him for having no one to throw to as a quarterback. I can't blame him for having running backs who are not top 20 in their position. And they run running back by committee. And you can even say James White is a solid running back, which he is. But he's not like, you know, you don't stack the box and say, oh, my God, James White is about to kill me this week. You're more worried about Cam Newton. And if you're the best player on the team, I don't think he should have the pr- I don't think he should have the pressure to elevate the Patriots to a higher level than what Tom Brady did last year. It's just it's just not realistic to me. And Tom Brady is a better thrower of the ball. um, And I feel like he – he and Cam Newton is going to have to use his athleticism. And we know how he does with fumbles. We know how he is with injuries. So if he gets injured, then, like, I, I, I don't know. I just feel like this year is kind of set up for him to fail. Yeah,
0: so. no, you made a very good point Um, given the fact that the defense was better last year and how – tom brady you know was doing tom brady things like obviously you can't expect you can't put on a patriots jersey uh replace tom brady and expect to do tom brady things like nobody's set up like that like and obviously as you said he's set up for failure you know because obviously they have a, a worse team than last year they took a dip but just the fact that he's signing to boston like boston they have they have such a winning mentality and a winning now mentality like they, they they don't they don't want someone they don't want to sign someone just to you know go out there and just play their best or you know given the fact oh the, you know like our team sucks so you know we can take a dip to see no they signing people because they think they they're gonna be better you know that's that's the Boston way mm-hmm.
2: that's the Boston mentality.
1: Yep, you're absolutely right. No, I agree. Go ahead, Khalil. Yeah, like answer.
2: when I think of the Boston, when I think of the Patriots, I think of like in, in basketball the Spurs, like the way they run their organization is like everybody it's like a team oriented or organization but it's it's like, a, it's like a, they are they built on success like they always go to the playoffs every year so the, the he has pressure under his shoulders as a big name quarterback to um take this team to the playoffs so i think if they don't make the playoffs they even though it might not all be his fault they're going to put a lot of it on cam they still like that's just what the media is going to do they're just going to do that like they, that's how they are
1: so if he if he comes in third place, let's say they come in third in the division. Let's say the Bills and who's gonna be nah, Miami? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Miami. Now, I don't know. Nah, but don't sleep on Miami though. Miami last year they started to turn up at the end of the year. Remember? Yeah, they got a whole completely different
0: they, defense. too. So. Yeah, yeah, they
1: were saying they were gonna be the worst team in NFL history. They turned around and won five six games. Yeah. So I'm if you add Tua. Um, if he's if he's healthy, I don't know what the situation is. But if he is healthy and he's as good as projected, I wouldn't sleep on the Dolphins. And they got Jordan Howard back there too, yep. so I feel like the Dolphins could compete with the Patriots. If it, it just depends. But uh, it, so if he comes in third, you think that's a you think that's a failed season for him, even if he put he puts up numbers himself.
0: If they if if, 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 if the season, Patriots bro. if the Patriots don't have anything more than nine wins. Like if they if they don't have ten wins, it's a failed season.
1: Okay.
2: Yep. <laughs> yeah. I
1: I just I just feel like that's not fair. I feel like that's not fair to Cam Newton, but I understand because you're right. The Patriot way is, and you're right too, Khalil. Like the Spurs, like you're expected to at least compete, at least get your team to the playoffs. But I just feel like he doesn't have he doesn't have what he, what he needs around him, uh, to do it. Unless he just go. Unless Cam Newton just puts up crazy numbers, I just don't think he has enough around him to help him but we'll see belichick's one of the greatest coaches of all time if not the greatest so maybe he can i don't know boost cam into a great position um now we're gonna quickly go through some early season predictions um sam go ahead and start us off what are some predictions you got um this year
0: well um i have first off i have yes panthers fan yes christian mccaffrey
1: but um
0: I have him back to back being the leading um scrimmage yards uh back to back. I think he could probably put up like twenty two hundred, twenty three hundred similar to last year. Maybe not so much a thousand, a thousand. I'm not gonna say he's doing that. But um I think he will back to back be um the scrimmage yard leader. Um yeah. I think um, also I also think Joe Burrow is going to turn a lot of heads this season. Um, I'm not saying he's going to just go go to Cincinnati and start winning ball games. But I think um, he's going to go out there and perform at a high level at a very at a NFL starting quarterback franchise high level.
2: What do you guys think? Well, I, I, I have um, a couple of predictions. One of them is minor. One of them is a bold one. I start off with the minor one. I got a, I got a, the one with the I got Jerry Judy. I've been high on him. Texas knows, um, since Sam, yep. Sam knows too. Uh, before the draft, since he was at Alabama, his route running is the best I've seen from a from a rookie in a long time. Uh, there's videos that's been posted on Twitter like preseason his workouts and all of that stuff. I, I think this kid is going to be special. I think he's going to be rookie of the year. Honestly, if if, if not Burrow, it's going to be uh definitely him on offense um i got him going for a, a thousand yards as a receiver as a rookie honestly and i, I got on um, my bowl prediction i got i got on um, patrick mahomes going off regaining mvp and uh i got them the chiefs actually winning the super bowl three three years in a row i think they have the youth they, they have they have the youth yeah, they have they have the youth these guys that 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 are on contracts, they're still young. They have their core. They'll still have their core signed. Tyreek Hill's still young. Sammy Watkins is still young. T- Travis Kelsey's still in his prime. I think these guys are still getting better too. So I think I think they'll win three years in a row.
1: Wow, that that's a very bold prediction. That that that's a very bold prediction. I'm not even gonna lie. Uh, for me, um, in terms. of of what I think this season what's going to happen this season. One, I think the Cowboys are going to win 12 games. I think that the Cow I think that the Cow I think the Cowboys this year have the right like even though last year they had the right group, they didn't have the right coaching staff. I've had like this year Mike McCarthy's going to come in and obviously Mike McCarthy's not, you know, a Super Bowl you know man that goes to the Super Bowl every single week he didn't take Aaron Rodgers to the Super Bowl every week but I don't think he's coached as much talent as he has on this Cowboys team and with the addition of C.D. Lamb um, and then you're returning you know Gallup for another season and Cooper who I said last week I think is going to play much better on the road because he was trash on the road last year if you just look at his stats getting like 26 receiving yards against the Eagles and stuff like that. Like I feel like that's not gonna happen this year. I feel like he knows uh what he's gonna do. And and that's that's another thing I forgot to touch on. Who's under the most pressure to perform this year? And I think the answer is Dak Prescott. And I think he's gonna live up to the expectations. I think Dak Prescott knows he's trying to get this contract and the only thing he can do is play for it really. Because if he has a bad season, he might be out of a job too and they brought in Andy Andy Dalton to back him up and not like Andy Dalton is some savior of a franchise but Andy Dalton's not a terrible quarterback to have and i feel like that is a very bold prediction that the cowboys win 12 games because uh, they haven't yeah they haven't done that in a very long that. time
2: i disagree you disagree go ahead that, go ahead tell me what that's very bold week because how
1: many times but have you we just t- said the chiefs are gonna win three no Super no team no. has
2: ever won three think, back to back to I, back Super Bowls. I'm yeah. he, i think that'll be, <laughs> be the first that'll be the first team bro that'll be the first team but if he but it, it the, the last finish. time bro the last time we, we always talk about the cowboys every year i'm gonna go on my Stephen a smith shit i'm gonna I'm gonna get my cigar and put my cowboy hat on, man. Um, you're talking out of your mind. Like the fucking Cowboys, 12 games they have. They're always set to do good, and we they do bad every single year. They didn't even make the playoffs last year. They probably should have won 12 games last year, and they didn't.
1: So you don't think I know this, Khalil? My dad is a Giants fan. I watch the cow. <laughs> the Cowboys do this every single year. They let me down. The,
0: the cow. The the Cowboys are are more. It's more possible for the Cowboys to win to have a thirteen and three season than, than the than the Chiefs having three back to back. That's yeah, that's,
2: that's good, true. That's that's true. That, 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 obviously, but I, I'm just making a bold statement. I just wanted to spice it up a bit. Given, but I think... given
0: the fact that the that the Eagles have injuries now, like they can, like the Cowboys can sweep that entire division. Exactly. Like they can take two games on Washington. They can take two games in, on the Giants, and they can take two games. That's six games. They can do that.
2: Like, like, they're not, because they're the Cowboys, so
0: they're not. I mean... That's facts. I, I can't even argue that. I'm not gonna say, <laughs> can't argue.
1: I, yeah, exactly. I'm not,
0: I'm not, I'm not going to <laughs> sit here and say that the, that the Cowboys are going to be great, the Cowboys are going to do this, this, and that. But they can win 12 games. Like, that's not impossible. I,
1: can, if you can. look at the team... Like, the reason I say that is if you look at the teams that they play outside of their division, I feel like they can win most of these games. Like, all right, they play the Rams falcons i feel like they can win those games they play the browns they can win that game cardinals no, yeah. th- but these but yeah. like that's what i'm saying these are all games where like if it's the cowboys the cowboys that we know they'll end up losing to some of these teams that you know they shouldn't be losing to
0: but if it's the cowboys and they, they they play they play the 49ers they play the seahawks uh they play the vikings and the steelers like, that right there might be four losses. Nah, they're
1: not losing to the Vikings, and they're not losing to the Steelers. That right there might mm. be four losses. Nah, no, no way. On, 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 paper, on, on paper, they should win 12. Games. That's what I'm saying. And the crazy thing is, it shouldn't even be a bold prediction because their talent level is there. But it's a bold prediction because it's the Cowboys. And the Cowboys haven't won 12 games. Well, they won 13 in 2016. That was the last time they won, uh you know, 12, 12 13 games. But... Now, I feel like this I feel like this is the season. Dak is under Dak is under pressure and Zeke is already a top 5 running back for sure. You got extra receivers, you have one of the best lines. Your defense is back to being healthy um with Vander Esch there in the middle. You got your team set and I feel like there's no reason that the Cowboys shouldn't win double digit games. And I gave them 12 because I only I only see four teams that I think really could beat them. Uh, If they play how they're supposed to. So we'll see what happens. We will see. That is a bold prediction. But now on to uh, some basketball talk for our last 15 minutes. Um, The Game 7s happened. Some very interesting things. The the Thunder lost to the Rockets last night by 2 because of the turnover at the very end. And obviously we know what happened with the Jazz Nuggets at the shot um that went up from michael conley that could have been one of the biggest shots and i'm i don't know if i'm gonna say nba history but it could have been one of the biggest shots um definitely in a round one of a playoff series of all time so what were just you guys's summaries on those two series and what do you think is going to happen uh in the team's next perspective matchups
0: though those two game seven series were so special to watch like we have to like like as a fan, sitting there and watching it and being, like, you know, just just being at a loss for words, sitting there and watching, um, you know, that, that Denver series, watching Jamal Murray drop 50, watch watching uh, Donovan Mitchell drop 50. We just have to be thankful that the NBA is back and that they're performing at such high levels. Um, but that that Nugget series for me, that, that one was just insane. That Mitchell versus Murray series was just – Absolutely nuts, in my opinion. Like these two stars, they're just two star superstars, like in the making. But be- right before our eyes, you know what I mean. It's just um, it's just special to watch, man.
2: Yeah, um, definitely special to watch. Um, what what this these two series were different in a lot of ways, but they were both very entertaining. The first series with the uh, Jazz and Nuggets was more of an offensive battle for the first six games, at least. It was a, it was between Murray and. Murray and uh, Mitchell were just going at it, making a history with scoring numbers, averaging like 40 a game. And then what I did like about the game sevens, though, to be specific, I, I'm an offensive type of guy, but I love the defense that was being played. This guy, Lugans Dort, has got to be the top five defender next year. Like, I think he's going to be a top five perimeter defender. So um, he is definitely the way that he guarded James Harden throughout this series was like very special. I've never seen anybody guard harden the way he did. Um and then and then in the other series you, you had the game go eighty to seventy eight. That was a very low scoring game, especially in today's NBA. Um yeah, that 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 series was just so great to watch. Yeah. Defensively. And
1: Sam Sam brought up a really, really good point when we were just talking earlier in the week about how game sevens are very, very defensive minded and how they're really low scoring games when you look back at it i know sam was reading it to us and they they were all low scoring games like every game seven you pretty much looked at it was pretty much under 100 points or right at 100 points in the nba today you're usually scoring about 115 120 um and like sam was saying he's absolutely correct it was just special to watch jazz versus nuggets murray versus mitchell it was just special to watch and you can't get any better at watching a basketball game than that series right there. And the way it ended, if Conley would have hit that shot, man, they would have had a, a wanted sign for Tory Craig's head because the layup, <laughs> the layup that he missed. What are you doing? Yeah, I don't know. I had I actually had people on Twitter telling me it was Jamal Murray's fault. I know y'all also said, like, you know, it was Jamal Murray's fault that he could have pulled the ball out when he got the ball on the fast break. But like to me, when you're playing basketball, it was a two-on-one. Yeah, when yeah, yeah, you just gotta put the yeah. You gotta get your When you're playing basketball, bro, things happen. With first of all, the steal, he didn't expect a back tap to come to him. Second of all, he just his first instinct was like, all right, let me push the ball. And even if some even if someone passes you the ball, you don't have to shoot. No, no one forces you to shoot the ball. You force yourself to shoot the ball. Nobody lifts your hands. Nobody goes up for a layup for you. You do that yourself. So that's why I blame Tory Craig more than anything. No matter what happened in the situation, he missed the layup. And they came back down and Mike Conley obviously missed a shot. But that would've that oh my god, Tory Craig, I would have felt so I already saw um a video of Jamal Murray saying on the bus if he would have if they would have lost that game that he would he would have been going to jail for murder on Tory Craig. So seeing that <laughs> video, um, you know, just helps helps with my argument a little bit. And then Rocket's Thunder hey you kids anybody who's listening to this anybody who's who enjoys our podcast if you don't listen to anything that I say listen to this Lugan's dort what he just proved to me was that no matter what you do you could be trash on offense you could be the worst offensive player in the in the history of the NBA but if you can stop the other team's best player you're gonna be on the floor as long as possible because you they need you for defense even if you can't score and dort and like i said he's not a dominant three point shooting even though he shooting player even though he had a good game game seven shooting the ball but we know um dort is someone you can possibly leave open i compare him a little bit to ron artest in terms of like body type i feel like he's a bigger body he can shoot the three a little like he'll hit one but he's not someone you want taking threes um and so i feel like if you if you're listening play defense that's all you have to do to stay on the floor play defense i know future thing let's god forbid anytime soon but whenever i do have a kid or a son or a daughter i will make sure to bash in their head every single day to play defense because it's going to keep you on the floor and that's what dort taught me throughout that series that's what i that's what i got from that um and then moving on to what's going on now he and celtics both are two and oh I'm not sure uh did the Heat did the did the Celtics win? Did they end up winning? Cuz we're recording this during the game. They're still playing. Right They're, now. Still They're, pl- still playing. They're still playing right now. Yeah, so it was a close game. Yeah, so um right now it's 2-0, but we'll see what happens after tonight's game. Um and so we'll talk about the Heat first and Sam, I know you're very very excited about this and I admit I'll admit be the first person to admit that I was wrong. I didn't have the Heat winning more than a game. I had the Bucks going 5, but
2: yeah, me too. I had the I had the yeah. the Bucks going in six, bro. I thought it was yeah, over. Yeah, but...
1: but but I forgot that Giannis Antetokounmpo can't shoot, but he's our league's MVP. Which you know, obviously, that goes to show you people who sit here and read out stats to me about players that sometimes the stats don't mean nothing. If you're a dominant player and like Harden said about Giannis, all he does is drive to the basket and dunk. That's literally what he does. And he can, in the regular season, when teams are not game planning for you every night, you can do that. So it looks so spectacular, but when teams are locked in like the heat, they have a player standing, two players standing on the block, two players standing on the elbow and the guy guarding you. So you literally cannot get to the paint. Giannis struggles. He has no jump shot. So, For him, and, like, we're talking about top fives, he might not even be, like, a top five player to me because of the stuff that's going on in the playoffs. He has no—he can't even do a—he can't even go mid-range, post you up, and shoot a post fade. He can't—he can't shoot a pull-up jump shot at the elbow to to do anything. So, like, all the stats that he has, it's irrelevant. And he's about to be a two-time MVP, which is based off a narrative. But— you know we'll see i will admit that i was wrong about the bucks and and i'm very i'm not happy about janis's performances at all uh sam go ahead go go ahead and rant about your heat i know you're excited <laughs>
0: <laughs> miami's defense um right now it looks top 3 in the league um in every aspect in perimeter defense and in interior defense and in, uh, rotations and because not only does miami defense like not only do they lock up their uh, matchup, but they they do a lot of switch. Like they play zone, they'll play man to man. Like Eric Spoelstra is known for doing, for switching up his defensive looks so that um, the offense is never getting the same thing twice. You know, when whenever there's a set play ran that they want to play again, they want to do again. Let's say they wanna, uh, let's say um, the Celtics and Miami both go to the Eastern Conference Finals, and Jason Tatum. Let's say Jason Tatum does an isolation play. Uh, or Kemba Walker, like, it'll be different every time he does an isolation play. He's going to see something different. He's going to get something different. Um, Miami, Miami's defense is so good at making the opposition feeling uncomfortable on offense. And um, I feel like their defense is top three in the league right now.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with um, everything he, that Sam just touched upon. Um, I, I do, I do want to see what's interesting to me in the next series because I think that once the Heat close out the Bucks and the Celtics close out the Raptors, respectively, I, I think that um, they're going to put Jimmy Butler on Jason Tatum. I think that's going to be a very good matchup. And, I, and let's see if uh, Jason Tatum could get the best out of him or if Jimmy could get the best out of, out of Tatum. That's going to be that's going to be the matchup of the series to watch.
1: And that is going to be a very very um, intriguing matchup if the Heat and Celtics do meet in the next round. Like I said before, I had the Celtics go into the finals against the Lakers since the beginning. I never believed in the books, but I did believe that they would beat the Heat. And now if if Giannis loses in the second round, um, which is another good question, what does this do to his legacy if he goes out um early, Khalil?
2: Oh yeah, so yeah, this is the question I had for the um for the podcast for us today that I, I thought would be very um interesting. I wanted to hear what you guys say. Um But definitely, I think that uh, this would put a little tear in his legacy because he is in his, like, seventh year now. He's at the point where he's supposed to be getting to the chip, especially since the East is weaker than it was. I, I feel like the East is a little bit weaker than it was, and he should have no problem getting to the championship, you know, like him being an MVP type of player, defensive player of the year, getting all these accolades. Having a team built around you know you have some you have shooters that it's built the way you want it to be built and you still don't go to the championship, you don't even pass the second round now. It's like, it makes you think like can he can play off Giannis perform or does he need a superstar? There there was a there was a um something on um Twitter I heard today about Pippen saying that like is a uh, Giannis Giannis like Pippen? Does he need a he needs a Jordan, or something like that? He needs another player that's better than he him.
1: needs the Warriors.
2: Yeah, I think I think he, <laughs> yeah, Texas. He thinks he uh he need- he should go to the Warriors, and that's an interesting thing that we could talk about too. Uh, if he's gonna go, I heard today he might go to the um to the Raptors or the Heat. They're interested in him, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think his legacy definitely takes a hit, man. What do you guys think?
1: Um, I think his legacy. Yeah, obviously, it's definitely gonna take a hit, and he's gonna start joining, uh, people like Harden and Westbrook. About not performing in the playoffs um, when your team needs you to and I feel like Giannis he not only not only is he about to win back-to-back MVPs and he has a defensive player of the year but if you look at the list of people who are on that like who are on that and you have Michael Jordan you got Hakeem Olajuwon you got players like that um, David Robinson another one and then Giannis all four of those players right Obviously, I would I would say that Kareem's up there too. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Kareem Kareem's up there. I don't. Does Kareem have Defensive Player of the Year?
0: I, I think he has uh, one or two, one or two early, very has... early in his career.
1: Okay, if he if he does, I'm gonna have to look it up. I'm not sure if he does, but I'll look it up or not. but um, like the players that are on that list, he needs to, if he wants to be like a top ten player all time, which is Giannis, which Giannis is projected to be. He's going to have to start winning championships. He's going to have to start doing something. And he's supposedly the best player in the world if he's winning back-to-back MVPs and Defensive Player of the Year. So if you win MVP, technically, that means you had the best regular season, which means you're already a top five player. Then if you win Defensive Player of the Year, that means you're a two-way player who can do everything, which means you definitely should be going to the finals in the East. There's no excuses for anything. So yes, his legacy and it, takes and a hit. Not-
2: Go ahead. It's not gonna get it, It's not gonna get any easier because you got the Nets coming and, in next year in the East with uh, mm-hmm. the KD and Kyrie and those boys over there. I, I'm I'm excited to see that. I'm a New Yorker, so I'm gonna be going to some Nets games next
1: year for sure. Oh my goodness, yes. I cannot wait. Yeah, I, but um,
0: I'll see you there, Khalil. Ah, no, nah, look, we're going I might not nah, low together. key, low key <laughs> if there's a
1: Christmas break or something, and they play um during Christmas and all this Corona stuff is gone. Or at least you know, slow down a little bit. I will definitely take a trip down there to watch a next game with y'all. Um, j- just let me know. I'll book yeah, you. I'll definitely. So I'll be-
0: so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring something up that we that we didn't talk about. I just remember now. Mm-hmm. Um, so my boy brought up something a couple weeks back. He was saying so once this season is done, um, and they want to start. They're looking what to start the new season. Maybe like what February, March, maybe even January, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah like, something yeah. around there. December. It's gonna be. Yeah. December, January, it's gonna yeah. be extremely tough because he also brought up the fact that the Summer Olympics are gonna be played yeah. next summer. So if they start a season January, February, March, it's gonna go into the summer. That's gonna mm. be weird to play out because a lot of players are gonna be playing in the in the in the Tokyo Olympics.
1: Yeah. Well, last... Dude, that's going to be crazy. I was going to say last year uh, when they did like the... I think they did like Olympic pre-trials or whatever. They, they had the USA team. Most of our stars haven't really been playing in that. Um, if it comes down to it, obviously they'll probably choose like regular games and we'll probably just send yeah. people who didn't make the playoffs well, or something, but...
0: I, I'm pretty sure like Steph already like said he was playing. Yeah. Like He wants to go to Tokyo yeah. and play. I'm sure like... like so our yeah if he takes initiative a lot of other players are going to do the same yeah
1: our our like stars will probably play in the olympics if they can um but like you said khalil watching the brooklyn nets and we were talking about it and it was a huge huge signing today which sparked some debate on first take which we are going to talk about steve nash sure. is the official head coach of the brooklyn nets uh me i'm a huge steve nash fan like kobe and steve nash are one a one b in my like favorite players to watch all time i painted my room purple and orange for nash before i had a nash jersey i have a nash little cover i have kobe stuff so like between nash and kobe and then watching them battle in the playoffs all the time um they're they're definitely two of my favorite players and to see nash be a head coach now especially for kyrie i feel like this is going to benefit him the most uh I think I think this is going to be a perfect match for Brooklyn if Steve Nash can do um what he needs to do as a head coach obviously first year. So Sam, how do you how do you think this uh benefits Brooklyn? And then you you can go Khalil after. I
0: think I think it's going to benefit Brooklyn a lot. Um obviously their guards like Chris LaVert, Dinwiddie, uh Kyrie Irving, they're all just going to get and Joe Harris, they're all going to get um he plays a 3 a little bit, but they're all going to get um like a big boost, um, in terms of just offensively minded, uh, that pick and roll is gonna look just marvelous with Kyrie and KD. I can't even begin to explain what that's gonna look like. Uh, what do you think, Khalil?
2: Oh yeah, JP. Yeah, definitely. Um, that that pick and roll is gonna be crazy, even with Kyrie to Jared Allen and the bigs, DeAndre Jordan throwing lobs to those guys. Um. I feel like I really want to see, I'm interested to see how he is going to be as a coach since he's going to be a first year coach. Right, but I'm also very excited. I think he's going to take some stuff that he learned from the Phoenix Suns when he, some of that offense that they ran there. I think he'll, he'll implement some of that into his uh, schemes, but he'll, he'll switch it up. He'll switch it up a little bit, obviously, but cause you know, nobody wants to coach just like Dan Tony, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that, that's not, that's, that's not going to give you championships, but, um, he's i'm interested to see how we bring some of that phoenix suns type of offensive mindset into the into
1: the nets well nash i mean if you if you didn't know nash was the one who came up to mike d'antoni and told him hey let's run this offense um because i think it's going to work because of the speed of play but obviously like you said nash is probably not going to run a seven seconds or less offense when you have two of the best pure scorers in yeah. the NBA. I do think that their half-court offense is going to be unstoppable. I think there's really nothing you can do in the half-court because when you have Kyrie, even if you have a Kyrie, DeAndre Jordan. And the Karis LeVert. Yeah, I was going to say, if you have Kyrie, Karis, LeVert, KD, DeAndre Jordan, and, and any other piece, team. you literally cannot help on anyone. Like, there's really nothing you can do um, to stop all five of those players from having a solid game. And I feel like, like I said, helping Nash is one of the best shooters of all time. And I'm not just talking about like, you know, just like strictly just standing out there shooting. But in terms of every single time Steve Nash shoots the ball, it's either a swish or it's hit, or he's going to hit the rim and miss. It's, it's, it's one of those two. And there's a reason he's in the 50-40-90 club twice. There's a reason he's one of the best free throw shooters of all time. There's a reason he's one of the best three-point shooters of all time. Um, in terms of just pure shooting and I feel like that's going to help Kyrie's game uh, so much and I feel like it's going to help Kyrie as a point guard so much because of the pick and rolls and the way Kyrie is going to be able to manipulate defenses and I feel like Nash is not really even going to have to do that much you have two of the best scores of all t- or two of the best actually yeah two of the best scores of all time on your team so um yeah, I feel like it's yeah. It, just, it's, just go ahead, go ahead to see where like to see where the
2: Nets were like four or five years ago to where they are mm-hmm. now. What the what what the GMs the, the movements they made with the GMs the ownership everything that they're doing the players it's just trending in the the right direction in so many ways. So I'm just happy for Brooklyn's organization and um, I'm happy for Steve Nash and I feel I hope that the that the Nets um, go to the championship next year. So
1: Honestly. so now everyone in New York is a is a Brooklyn Nets fan, huh? I'm not a fan.
2: I just want to see them. No, in the I understand. I understand. I'm understand. i just saying now I'm going to go to New York
1: and see when I was down there last time when I was actually when I was leaving the train station, everybody had Brooklyn Nets jerseys on. And I'm like, bro, now everybody's a Nets fan. Like the Nets weren't even in New York like three years ago. <laughs> they were in Jersey. But now, yeah, everybody's a Nets fan. So it's, it's going to be cool to see. Sam, any last thoughts on the Steve Nash? Oh, yeah, I have one more thing to say. But any last thought, thoughts on the Steve Nash signing?
0: Oh, I'm just excited to see how it's gonna play out, man.
1: Yeah, I'm ex- I'm very excited too, and I I love Steve Nash. I hope nothing but success for his coaching career. And the one thing that I did want to bring up before we head out uh, to Stephen A. Smith, I t- saw him talking about it earlier, saying that like race had a part to do in this, uh, or had some type of had some type of part with this signing. And I I honestly I don't like sometimes yes obviously um minority coaches and black coaches don't get the same opportunities that you know some of these other coaches do but i do think in terms of this signing this specific one i feel like there was no it had nothing to do with race it's just literally it was between first of all they're they the people that they were looking at was greg popovich um and jason kidd those were the two main names that you were hearing and then Steve Nash. Now obviously Steve Nash and Jason Kidd's games as point guards are very similar and Nash of course shoots a little bit better, but they're very similar point guards. They like to distribute the ball. And Greg Popovich obviously is very great with his coaching. But I feel like there was no there was no type of race problem in this at all. I feel like there was there was it had nothing to do with race. Steve Nash is just a great player, Hall of Fame player, um and I feel like he's going to be a good coach. So that that was just yeah. You know.
2: I- I also feel like the, the same way it was definitely wasn't about race. I just feel like Stephen A just wants to have a black coach so bad. Um, and he's also a New Yorker. So, you know, he was just trying to get a black coach there. The, the black coaches that were available were Nate McMillan, Ty Lou, and, um, there was somebody else, but, um, those, those weren't even fits. Oh, Alvin Gentry, but those guys are like, not even, no, not even really big fits to, um, to the nets, you know, like for Kyrie, somebody that could coach him up, somebody that's a, a kind of younger type of guy that can understand both generations. Like he could teach him something about the old generation and the new generation, mm-hmm. teach him some stuff, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I feel like Steve Nash was just more of a team fit, nothing to do about race. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: that. Yeah. I agree. I don't think this, 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 um this signing uh, prompts of, uh, a race card. I don't think race had anything to do with this signing.
1: Right. And yeah, I definitely agree with Stephen A. Like, obviously, we don't get the same opportunities. We have to be two times better to even get the same job. But in this case, I can't agree with him. I just I definitely disagree. So we'll have to see how Steve Nash does in Brooklyn, which is a great signing for them. And I'm excited to see how the East shakes up and where Giannis goes, because that could also change how things fold in the East. Um, And yeah, that's going to wrap it up for y'all. Um, we now let's get get our two K. Yeah, on right yeah, now. yeah. Me and Sam are definitely just waiting. Two K. That's time. yeah. That's all we're literally waiting for. Is we're the gonna 2K be bumping. Clock. We're having a listening party. You're welcome to join oh, us. Oh yeah. We're ha- <laughs> well, by the time they hear this, the listening party will be over. But. <laughs> we are. <laughs> they gonna show up to the party? No one's. We can
0: gonna... do an encore. We can schedule an encore. we can schedule an encore.
1: All right, nothing yeah, but the heat. Couple, we can schedule a part two. All right, we, make uh, arrangements no. with Sam. Oh, arrangements we. with Sam for the encore. <laughs> so if we, when we drop this, if y'all want to have an encore listening party with us, then you're welcome to join us. We're pretty funny. Uh, we're gonna have a couple of uh drinks in our system, so that'll help even more. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that is gonna wrap up. The Free Agents epic uh, EpiCode. What the heck am I talking about? I didn't even have a drink yet. This is going to wrap up the Free Agents (laughs) Episode 7. We will be back for Episode 8 next week. Everybody, keep listening. Keep following us and keep tweeting us any questions you have. Thank you for listening.